Welcome to the Audiobiography Podcast, where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. I am actually on the road for this episode in the lovely Asheville, North Carolina. It's kind of uh, Sherry and I's home away from home. We come here this time of year um, for our anniversary. And while I'm here, I was able to um, get one of our very good friends and favorite musician, singer, songwriter, performer, Rock star extraordinaire, um, Andrew Scotchy. What's up, Andrew? Hey, man. So yeah, we're here at Andrew's house, and uh, we um, we had hoped to have maybe some of the other River Rats uh, 
Andrew Scotchy and the River Rats, but maybe next time. Um, for now, we've uh, we've got Andrew and we have eleven. And eleven have, is subbing. <laughs> we have eleven. She's subbing in for the Rats. Little L. We just can't acknowledge her too much, or she might bark again. Yeah, <laughs> I've just met her. She's such a sweet little dog. Oh yeah, she's real sweet. I think Sherry's in love. <laughs> you can have her. Yeah. So Andrew, man, um, I guess it's been about. It's, it's actually three years now. Um, last month, Sherry and I came down for our anniversary. She was looking for something really fun and different. Since we met at Wing Wars? Yeah. It's really? Been three years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. so she found this. Th- she found Wing Wars, and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. She said, there's a, there's a band, too. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll have to go check them out and see if it's something I want to I want to hear. Yeah. So I go, and I find you guys, and uh found some youtube stuff but I, oh you had me at um and i don't remember if it was your website or it may have been the promo for wing wars and it was like rock funk blues i was like oh okay this sounds pretty awesome and went and watched some um i guess it was youtube or it may have been it may have been your website i, I don't know it's three years i don't remember what i <laughs> ate yesterday but uh so you know, we came out to Wing Wars, and the uh, I guess it was the Asheville School of Music's rock band yeah. opened up. They were awesome. And then you guys came out, and um, immediately I was like, yeah, these these guys and this gal uh, really have something cool going on here. And since then, I think we've probably seen you. I was trying to count it up yesterday. Maybe. Yeah, I've, I've been curious myself of how Maybe many, tw- how many it, shows we've gotten to share with you guys. It's pretty close to 20, I yeah. think, which means I've I've seen you live more than I've seen anybody else ever. In, that means a lot, man. In history. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I remember I remember Wing Wars pretty clearly. You guys had, like, the VIP section, yes. I think, right here. Yeah. And, like, everyone else was kind of, like, a little reserved. And you guys just were treating it like a stadium show. Oh, hell yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> Which is what we wanted to do, too. So it, it all worked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Uh, and like I said, it was just, it was a really good introduction of you guys to us. You had the horns that day. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, Liza on the drums. And that's when. Um, Name's escaping me. Asher. Asher was. Uh, yeah, uh, her little brother was on bass was back on, then. Was I on think bass. we had just gotten back from a trip down to Florida. Yep, yep, and just, yeah. I was super impressed, and so the rest was history. And any 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 time we come to Asheville, we're always trying to you know come see the River Rats and yeah, man, and all Thank that you. kind of thing. Um, I know also uh, current bass player Keith Harry. Mm-hmm. I know you guys do uh, the Kind Clean Gentleman. Thing. Yeah, Kind Clean Gentleman. We actually got one tonight at Pillar, this little rooftop bar here in town. That actually started. Um, we just had an opportunity to do a couple duo shows. And Keith was emailing uh, a venue, I want to say it was in like Fletcher, it might have been Blue Ghost, I want to say it was Blue Ghost Brewing, and um, he's like, what are we going to call ourselves? And I was just like, "Uh, kind, clean, kind, clean gentleman, and just kind of (laughs) like spat it out at him, and he was like, he's like, that'll work, that'll work. Oh yeah, I think it's a cool name. <laughs> so we've not been able to catch you get you guys doing that show yet. So I think usually it's during the week and it's fun. It's different, you know. Like it, uh, someone uh, who's seen the band a bunch actually uh, caught a pillar show recently, and they were like, you know, I can really, really, um, like fully understand like the message of the songs, or just like it, it's a little bit more direct, and you can hear the vocals a little bit more, you know. Um, Right, it's right. Just, it's it's more intimate, I guess is is the word for it. And I'm a big fan of pe- uh, right now people like Jason Isbell and Dylan LeBlanc, Aaron Lee Tazjan, 
and they they have the band you know they can do the full-on electric band but they can also just strip it down to just them you know guitar and voice right and tell stories and interact with the audience in and not a typical rock and roll yeah. you know venue setting with the lights and the whole schmagoggle so right I, I i think it's important for for artists to be able to do that and um that and like going you know like physically going from an electric to an acoustic mm-hmm. your fingers get you know yeah um your guitar player you right. know you, you get it um they get stronger you know it, yeah so whenever you pick sure. up the electric after you just did like a three-hour acoustic show you're yeah quicker <laughs> right cool cool all right, so I know you guys just got back, uh, the you and the River Rats, from uh, Winter Out West tour. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let me see if I can remember. I know you guys were, like, in uh, Kansas City. Was that Missouri? Or Yeah, yeah. We started then, in Kentucky, hit Missouri. Right, that's right. Kentucky, Missouri. I know there was Idaho in there. Mm-hmm. There was Colorado. Uh, was there anything? Was there Montana or Utah. Anywhere? We were actually... Um, oh, yeah, Utah. We were right below Missoula. We weren't too, too far from Missoula at all. I didn't even realize that until halfway through the tours. I'm horrible at geography. But, yeah. um, so this is like the... the As far as distance. Oh, yeah. Furthest you guys have toured. And you drove it. Yeah, yeah. In and a van, just we're like... We're planning on doing it again. The, just like all the cool kids do. You hop yeah, in a, You yeah. hop in a van and... See, it's something I never got to do because yeah. I wasn't really doing music when I was your age. So. Yeah. Um, it was kind of fun watching you guys on Facebook. It's the least, the at least glamorous part of the job. I can promise you Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, <laughs> even in my older age, just the driving for an hour and setting up and breaking yeah. down is yeah. it's that's what you get paid for. It's not right. that, it's exactly. not your time on stage. Yeah, it's all that other stuff. That's me and, in school when you look at the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, yeah. So we were watching you as you were just posting along and yeah. and there was one show that was uh that was it was there was a live cast and that was cool i put it Westport up on Westport saloon yeah i yeah. put it up on my yeah. uh, my big screen tv that night and just sat and you know watched you guys from there it was it was pretty cool that was a special um, place for sure yeah and it, it looked like it took that crowd a little while but by the end i mean they yeah it does you sometimes. had them you had them yeah. so and it looked like from some pictures i saw mm-hmm. that you guys really connected with with lots of uh lots of your crowds out there i think colorado was like the smash um steamboat where we did the tom petty tribute that was sold out and um the venue um everything from the food to the lights to the sound like the the staff everyone was absolutely amazing to work with winter park we played there on a uh, super bowl sunday and i thought no one was going to come out but we had a great crowd um, Grand Junction, which is like kind of closer to Utah and uh, Colorado, um, really tight knit community there. Nice people, um, and uh, we had a good time in Boulder. That was like an acoustic show. It was it was it was really kind of like a kind, clean gentleman show. And then Amanda yeah. hopped up a little bit later right. and played some percussion, um, and that was cool. It was like a day before we'd we'd done like an acoustic video shoot at Red Rock, so we were kind of like in that mind frame already. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I have a favorite, but if I think um, as far as like most memorable, I'd probably have to say, uh, I don't know, it's, it's between Colorado and Idaho for yeah. sure. Because Idaho, we were in Boise for like a week and a half. Yeah. We played there for two nights straight and then we had like a week and some change off, you right. know, just to kind of hang out and relax and be tourists and... Is there, a lot to, is there a lot to do in Boise yeah, for a week yeah, and a half? Cool. Yeah, there was there was a good bit to do downtown. Um, that and we got really lucky with the people we stayed with on this tour, man. Like um, most of the venues, 
Um, and it's just a common thing out west um, that, you know, part of your deal is you get lodging, you get a hotel, you get an Airbnb or whatever. Um, so we were lucky enough to have that with almost every show that we did. But the shows that didn't uh, didn't provide that, we got to stay with, you know, the promoter or the club owner or something. And all those people were amazing. Michael and Amanda and Boise, they put us up for several days. And we got to cook with them. We got to hang out with them. We got to just talk life and you know music and they're huge music fans you guys would love them yeah that's um, cool that's really cool talk yeah. a little bit about um your visit to red rocks oh man because so, that looked like um yeah that looked like kind of a fun little dream come true and you it was i'll let you talk about it. you recorded a video there yeah we um so we stayed in conifer colorado which is about 15 minutes up the mountain away from Red Rocks, so, uh, and that was with Keith's brother, and, you know, I, I, I think Keith had mentioned it, like, you know, kind of, as we're on the way out there, that we're super close to it, and so, we had, like, uh, we got into Colorado, we had two days off before we started, like, five or six shows in a row in Colorado, um, so we we took the first day and I think we just kind of laid around because we were tired. The first three days were absolute, I don't want to say absolute hell, but like the hours were just really, yeah, really strange. Um, which is the way it goes sometimes. Yep. But uh, so we went we went down to Red Rocks just to hang out and to see it, and we're just totally just blown away. Um, there were deer just kind of like hanging out. And, yeah. Um, nobody was around there were, and we were just able to walk right on the stage and I didn't even know that was a thing. So that was, that was fun. And then, you know, I'm sitting there with the cigar box and I'm like, we need to come back tomorrow with Tom. So our friend Tom Farr flew in, uh, from Asheville and he spent a week with us on the road and that's where all these great videos and photos that everyone's seeing online, that's where they, uh, they came from. So he, he flew in and um, I hit him up. I was like, dude, I got an idea. We should do, you know, a video at Red Rocks and, you know, you've got multiple cameras. We can get some great angles and photos, yada, yada. And he's like, perfect. So we did a photo shoot. We did, uh, I think, like three songs and we've released one. We need to get the others out there. But yeah, I mean, it, it, at one point, you know, playing uh, right there on the stage that so many amazing, you know, heroes of mine. Right. I've played on. I, I just kind of looked up, and I think you can see in the video. I just start smiling, just like losing it, man. Yeah. You know, and it was just like this really happy moment to where I just felt genuinely thankful. I felt like it was the beginning of a new chapter, you know. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, I was kind of romantically like, man, you know, one day I hope to be here again and look out and see a bunch of people instead of empty seats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, because Red Rocks. I mean, that's that's the dream gig. Yeah, it actually, I mean there are a few, but that's that's a that's a pretty big one for any any serious musician. That, there's nothing like it. Man. Yeah, I mean, I've have never been there for a show. I, yeah. I know people that have. Yeah. Um, but I've you know I've watched you know some some stuff on TV that was recorded yeah. there, whatever. And um, it's funny that you mentioned the smile that you even. Even the most famous people that I've seen on TV play there, when they're playing there, yeah. they they have that same smile yeah. on their face. You know, you can tell it's a it's a pretty special place. It's it's kind of holy ground for a, a musician, I think. There's some kind of energy too that like I have, I I'm, I I don't know if I'll be able to describe it accurately, but um, the I mean, and and I think a big part of it was that there just weren't. I mean, we were probably you know 
there were probably maybe 20 people there counting us. Right. And like a few people at the top like stopped and watched and listened. And someone actually yelled out Freebird, if you believe that or not. Like <laughs> someone actually did that oh at God. Red Rocks. That is great. That is too funny. <laughs> and that was, that was like the third time it happened on the tour. And I was just like, <laughs> you didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> right. We're busy. We're doing something down here. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was funny. The, mm. um, and just the natural beauty of it. There's like a, there's a element of peace that you don't, that you will not get at indoor venues right. and most outdoor amphitheaters. And it's just, uh, you can't help but appreciate nature. You can't help but appreciate being alive whenever you're there. Yeah. And I think I saw today, right before you came over, that it, it got ranked like the number one venue in America. Yeah, it'd have to be. Someone I mean, just published, like a big publication, yeah. just put out something and said like, hey, this is the number one music venue in right. America. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to fight with it. Well, them. I definitely want to see a show out there sometime. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be yours. Who knows? Oh, man. It's just, we, we just got to keep putting time in and, you know. Not screw up. Yeah. <laughs> so you were you, you were mentioning when you were talking about you know all your heroes that have played that stage and whatnot. So let's talk a little bit about um, your influences because yeah. it, you can't you can't be a musician or a, or a songwriter mm-hmm. um, or or really any kind of artist, music or otherwise, without having lots of influential artists Absolutely. before you. And so, um, and I know you guys do like. Uh, you've been doing some tribute shows and things like that. So, I mean, spoiler alert, he's going to talk about it. But, I mean, I know that <laughs> Tom Petty is one of you. I know that Tom Petty is one of your your big influences. Huge, yeah. um, but I'm sure there are more. And, it's you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to hear you talk about a yeah. few. Man, I think that every artist, musician um, that is in it to win it slash dedicated to making this a full-time job. They are huge fans and they, you know, should always acknowledge that. Um, before I even really got obsessed with the guitar and playing with other people and attempting to write, you know, I was obsessed with listening. You know, I remember the first time that I heard revolver, my dad gave me, uh, I want to say it was a CD. It might've been a tape. It was late nineties, early two thousands. But, um, that was my first Beatles album, and I remember um, listening to it on headphones, and I was like sitting in the dark, and I was listening to uh, Eleanor Rigby, and just totally just blew my blew my mind. Yeah, just like, and I just started like you know seeing things I'd never really seen before, and I think that was the first sign that I can honestly remember that I knew that you know music uh, was special to me. Yeah. Your dad picked a good one for you to start with. Yeah, for man. sure. That's he, that's the perfect. Such, uh, that's the perfect album to. Um, yeah. You know, kudos to him. That's that's it's what I would start best. my kids on. Yeah. It's one of the best, you know, and like their career um, is 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 so expansive and so eclectic. But like that one to me always stands out. I think there's something, especially with people that play. I think that you know, like um, you know, cherish that album. But my dad was a huge music fan. He didn't. He didn't play. His fingers were actually so calloused. Um, I, I, I tried to teach him a few times, a couple chords. This was like a year or two before he passed. And um, he, you know, he'd work on these machines at Mountain Valley Water. And he was also an engineer. So his fingers were just like nubby, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's really, yeah. really calloused. And he just, he, he couldn't really fret, you know. Yeah. And, um, but I did try a few times. And I think I got him to play a D chord and a G chord, you know. And, 
But he uh, he was a huge Rolling Stones fan. He t- he took us to see the Rolling Stones on the Bigger Bang tour. I think in like two thousand and six, two thousand five, whenever nice. that was. And yeah. um, I remember falling in love with Mick Jagger's. You know, just who he was as a person and as a performer. And I, I just, can see a little Mick in you and performing. Oh man, it's 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 he he's one of a kind. And I just I I, I remember thinking it was the same thing I felt whenever I saw uh, Skinner for the first time. I was like, I want to do that. That's a job that I want. Yeah. I think every musician can think about um, that specific moment. I think that that happened to me a few times. Um, but yeah, like lately, I, mean, I, I, I like digging back into things that remind me why I got into music, especially whenever I feel stressed out or I oh, feel sure. like there's bullshit going on. I, I, I go back to the basics, you know, I go back and listen to, Skinner's first and last um, album, you know, and the the old school demos that they recorded and stuff like that, because I remember where I was, how old I was, and where I was on the guitar when I first heard it, and it you know makes me forget about things I don't really have control over. Yeah, um, I'm really big into Wilco right now. Love Jason Isbell. Um, Drive by Truckers have a, a very special place in my heart. Um, and then you know I'm I'm a big Nirvana fan. Um, I went through a huge Nirvana phase, as you know I think a lot of musicians have. I remember, yeah, I remember recently seeing a a video of you when you were pretty young and doing some heavy, heavy stuff. Well, that was like my first band, you know, like it was great. Oh I yeah, you're love. talking about the thing I posted in that in the page with the yeah. rifle intentions. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was, so we, we, it's like, I don't obsessed. even know that dude. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> we were obsessed with grunge and we thought that, like, it was going to make a comeback, which is, like, so weird. It was like, it was think, Weaverville in 2006. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I think every 15 year old since the early 90s has thought we're going to bring it back. Yeah, or like has a phase where they're like, where they kind of, totally, but relate. it is kind of cool that that music hits that age group it's still so it's still relevant i still think that, that means it's it matters relevant. you know which is cool so yeah i think i think the older that music um well, I, I i know for me the older i get i don't i don't I, I not only appreciate the songs but i appreciate the like the sonic energy of the album i mean obviously nevermind has killer songs but nevermind is um one of the you know most unique sounding albums yeah ever released just like revolver is right you know? um right but yeah, so it, it, it ranges all over for me. Um, on the way to uh, Kansas City, where you're listening to Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and stuff like that, you know. So we, it it varies. I I'm also a huge punk rock fan. You know, I think my first love before blues, was it if if there was like a like a like a A B and C, it was rock and roll, punk, slash grunge, blues, and then whatever the hell we are now. Right. You know, like that's that's kind of the way it went, but. Um, yeah, everything from the Buzzcocks to the MC5. I love well, the Ramones. You it's, know. It's, 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 Iggy it's Pop is one of my heroes. It's interesting that you mention all these different things because you can hear all of those different things in, in your your music. We try Even to now. roll it you know, roll um, it all into one Yeah, and as cohesively as possible. Are you much of a Little Feet fan? Because that intro to, um, I guess it's Family Dynamo. Oh, man. It's, it's, got, it's got that cool... That, that that I don't know. I, the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh man, maybe, maybe I've I've heard that actually from maybe other he people. likes Little yeah. Feet because that really uh, it's it's it sounds influenced by them. So a lot I, of people don't know about 
Little Feet, which blows my mind. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think th- as far as like the classic rock, kind of southern rock genre, I think they are kind of underrated. Yeah. Um, I saw them. I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was, I want to say Christmas Jam. Yeah, I, I've saw, I saw them years ago, too. They're really, yeah. really good show. And what's that live album? Is it Waiting for Columbus or Waiting on Columbus? Yeah. 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 That one, uh, we, we've, we've listened to that quite frequently in the van. Yeah, if I, if I listen to them, that's usually what I listen to. Right. Yeah, that album is classic. Um, yeah, I think that that um, genre slash sound just kind of innately creeped its way into our style because you know you you, you got to also think that you know like Keith uh, he grew up on the dead he grew up on Almond Brothers which to me I still find shocking because he's from Buffalo New York I don't <laughs> I don't know how that works but yeah not to judge in, you know anybody from where they're from but like whenever he told me that and this was like kind of recently I realized how much he loved the dead I mean I, I think I might have been on the way like through Kansas and he he loves driving by the way but like he was just driving for hours and it was nothing but the dead I'm like Okay, now I understand he really likes the dead. Yeah, and you know I'm not a huge fan, but right, um, that's that's a whole other. I'm not either. I've got I've got I've got a few songs here and there that that I really like, but yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So I mentioned Family Dynamo. That's the title track of mm-hmm. the your latest album, Family Dynamo. Uh, how old is it now? You released it a in May. It yeah, turns one year. It's about all, it's almost a year old. Almost now. a year it, old. I can't believe it. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's it's been out that long. Yeah, I, and it's funny too because yesterday we booked uh, studio time, and you know it, it's just it's it's just interesting how things cycle, you know, yeah, and how like different parts of the year, you know, come and go. Yeah, well, I know when it came out, it's it's all I listened to for maybe two months. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean it's um, that one means a lot to it's us. It's a really really good tight album. Um, I'm trying to think like what my favorite song on it would be. Um, because there's so many good ones. Oh, I know what it is. It's um, am I coming through? Is that the the title yeah, of the song? Yeah, yeah, the second track. Yep. Yeah, that's that's probably probably easily my favorite. Yeah, we song had a lot one. of fun with that one. I remember we so on the on and just a fun fact, the CD. I think I think I told you the CD has the intro where we take Donald Trump's voice and we kind of manipulate it and right play with it a little bit. Right. Um, and it it's only like that on the CD. So like we. It, it, it was mainly me actually Keith was like no we need to just have it like we need to have that intro like that it's fine you know it's part of the times and it's like a you know snapshot right of where the country is I was scared that it pissed people off I was yeah. scared that you know people would think that we're trying to take you know one side or the other and really it was just like a time capsule yeah yeah kind of thing but yeah that, that one has a special place in my heart and then the first track to me um it, it, the first track, uh, Who Put the Hurt on You, is actually the first song that we recorded when we got in there. And the album like kind of naturally came together to where we had we had a decent amount of songs already recorded at another studio. And then we went into Matt's studio, the Eagle Room in Weaverville. And we laid down Who Put the Hurt on You, and we listened back to it. And we're like, that sounds nothing like the other recordings. We have to start from scratch. Right. So we did that one, and then we just worked down the line. Um, but we led with that one because we, you know, we, we listened back to it and we, we were like, "This is the sound of the band now." You know, right. like the stuff that we had is just a little bit dated. Yeah. So we we went with that. I'm in hindsight, I'm really glad that we did. Oh, the yeah, the whole thing just sounds it sounds fantastic. They did an awesome job. I don't 
I don't know who your your Matt sound Williams, engineers and yeah. all that were, but it's hey, puppy. it's it's so it's so well mixed and it's you know a lot of times you get a hold of a CD even from like the cream of the crop the you know the the, the guys out there selling out stadiums right. and it just sounds like it sounds terrible you right. know it's like the the the, the songwriting is good but the production is just awful and that one's really it's got to go hand in hand you know like you have really to have nice. a healthy balance of like raw energy and you also have a, have to have a health, healthy balance of you know like a clean like sound spectrum you know and yeah. Matt Matt Williams of the Eagle Room he knows how to kind of take our you know raw ruckusy sound and present it in a way that it, it, it still captures and it still retains that live energy but um <laughs> you got ghosts in your house i think we have a ghost <laughs> <laughs> is it is this the first podcast that you've captured a ghost on it may be <laughs> sure. i mean l's right here so it's not 11 yeah. oh, i know you mean so good now yeah um, sure you might have to go check that out for us <laughs> she's 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 my ghost hunter yeah <laughs> Yeah, but we um we had a blast with Matt and um the album when I look back on it um you know right now I remember growth not only musically but personally you know um now I don't think Keith would mind me you know talking about this but um, right as we recorded or started working on pre production for the album his dad had just passed. Mm. And he got back in the first track that um, Who Put the Hurt on You. I was kind of directing it at him. Yeah. And um, kind of talking to him. And I, I remember the day that we wrote it uh, right here at the house. Um, he just had this like kind of relieved look on his face. Like he was happy to be back. And he oh, had this good. sense of home. Yeah. And he also, I, I, like I, I remember one of the things I said to him was, man, we have a, you know whether whether we like it or not, we just became better friends because of this because we share that right. like deep cut, you know, yep. that um, that hit us and so there was like this bond that had never been there before. Um, I felt like Eliza's playing had just gotten better and better. She she stepped it up, and um, we also were just weren't weren't afraid to do different things you know there's yeah. there's a lot of weird sounds on the album too like the the interlude for example if you were to show me that three or four years ago i'd be like that's not us i don't know what that is yeah like, that doesn't sound yeah you know like, like from a fan perspective we've been around for three years yeah now. yeah and, and it's been interesting to to see from the outside because you're in the middle of it and you don't see it like even we do i don't think it's like man this is not the same band yeah that i loved three years ago and still love but uh and i think i've told you this before that it's been really cool to see the evolution of the band and your sound and your songwriting um just like the the, the maturity in your songwriting over the last three years is like unbelievable thanks man thank you i mean it's not that the other stuff was not good you know what i'm saying i mean there's just been this evolution that that has been easy for me to see um and it's been it's um i don't know it's something that really gets me excited for you which thanks you man. know it's like i'm not trying to live ever live vicariously through someone but it is cool to have like somebody that's become such a close friend yeah also see them professionally you know whether it's music or anything else it's just for us it just happens to be music and that's what brought us together and made us friends but to see that evolve and see you like grow and mature just man 
like yeah your your songwriting to me has been knocking it out of the park thanks man that means a lot and you know like a, a a big thing behind that you know part of it is conscious part of it is just kind of just trying to be a vehicle you know and trying to let you know let the inspiration come and get it out the best way possible um but we we want people like you guys to keep coming to the shows and hear hear new things you know that's one thing that bands that have been around i you know i think for decades yeah they have some staple songs slash things they do but no show is going to be the same right no show is going to be the same no album is going to be the same and there's just a, a, a constant evolution happening, but like the branding is still, you know, tight. And that's something we've always observed and something I've always respected from, you know, from artists like Jason Isbell and um, Ryan Adams would be another one that I really, yeah, you know, I'm really into lately, um, despite all the stuff that came out about him recently. But um, yeah, that's one of those weird deals where um, we're left. I mean, the, the same same kind of, or not same, but a similar thing going on now with this this new Michael Jackson documentary, yeah, that's, and that's a real drag. and you it's it, it's really tough because you have these musical and artistic heroes, and then you all right. of a sudden have to try and yep. deal with the fallout of their personal life, and yeah. and do you separate it and quit keep listening to the music? Do right. you listen to the music and feel guilty and but yeah, it's. I don't it's, think anybody should should ever have to listen to music and feel like ashamed for listening to a band. That's that's the one thing about music; it gives us a freedom, it gives us you know a voice. Right. Yeah, and I think any artist that ever had success or happiness from creating a song, if they ever knew that somebody would listen to their stuff and be like looking over their shoulder, like oh, I don't want this person or that person to know that, then they they you know that would that would really yeah. bother them, you know. But right. yeah, that's that's a whole situation, but. um yeah, man, we just want to keep growing and just learn. Um, and, and Dynamo helped tremendously as far as, like, the sound of the band, the direction of the band, and then the artwork for the first time. I don't want to say the first time, but, like, in a really um, more cohesive way, it was hand-in-hand hand with, the, with, the, uh, with the music. Like, to me, the cover of the album just really captures the, the, the sound of the band and the, the, the new direction of the yeah. band and... And I am definitely about that. I am definitely going to. uh, I'll have all kinds of links, so that anybody listening, you guys will be able to. You you guys will be able to go hear some of these songs that we're talking about on this latest album. But it's it's pretty amazing to see what has happened since you released it last May, and 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 like from then till now, like just how much you've done and how much you've uh, accomplished. Just in this less than a year since since that album and i can see where that album has probably uh jump started a lot it was it was a huge piece of it yeah and um i think um also we just we went after a few different things that we had never really um that maybe we'd been scared to do before and uh yeah we 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 stuck it out there's there's plenty of times in the past even just the past two years where we could have called it quits because it was hard, you know? And, right. Um, we're well, glad you didn't. Yeah. We're not that like, we're just not those kind of people and we're stubborn and, yeah. you know, obsessed with it. So we didn't give up. And I think a lot of people, um, that had never really either booked us or, um, paid attention, started paying attention, especially with the new, yeah. the new look, the new sound and everything. Um, 
and it was all a really genuine natural thing you know we didn't um we didn't wait for a label to put it out and that's one thing right. that we actually uh, were focused on for a minute you know um I was me and Keith were going back and forth. I was like, man, I want to wait until we can get some some label or some kind of music group to put it out, so we can have some help. And he's like, dude, getting this thing out and pushing ourselves is going to bring that kind of attention to us. And um, I'm really glad we did it that way because we had full control over it. Right. And we um, we had a lot of ownership, and we we really really treated it like a prized possession, you know. And yeah. Um, well, I think that the next time that we get in the studio, you know, we're going in in like a month and a half. Uh, we are trying a uh, a single approach. So instead of doing a full album, we'll be releasing singles. Um, and that's one thing I've seen, you know, regional bands. And I've seen, you know, huge bands do. Uh, yeah. The Black Keys just dropped one yesterday. <clears throat> and it's their first single in like a couple years. Um and we we want to try that because um we you know we as much as dynamo did help and we um we have amazing folks like you that like know the whole album there are a few songs that like didn't really get out there the way that we wanted to get out there yeah and there's a few moments i think on the album that got missed that i um that i think if we just put a song out wait another couple months do another song mm-hmm. i think we'll be able to really put more attention uh, to you know an individual song and do a video with it so we're going back in April and we're going to cut uh, two new tracks and then the, the goal is to release a song right before we go back out west in August um, so we tour behind that and uh, we put another one out in the uh, close to the winter time close to the holidays and then an EP should be out um, in the spring of 2020 cool so you've got a plan yeah, Keith was really helpful the other day, man, as he always is, really. And he, he, um, we were talking about, I was like, if you have a second, can you put together like a 12 month plan for touring slash, um, putting material out? And it was, I have it above my desk upstairs, you know, like, and it's something we're going to really, really stick to. Um, because it, it gives us peace of mind. It also will consistently give the friends, fans, family of the band, something new to look forward to and um we'll kind of know where we're going to be you know yeah all right so um you're a guitar player and for those of you who have not heard him play he's a very good guitar player i would say um um, you've been playing for 10 years or more i started playing guitar when i was 10 okay so about 15 years yeah um and 10 is probably really good time to start yeah i think i think it's a pretty formidable year like uh my neighbor next door uh henry is like nine Mm -hmm. and um i'm teaching him currently and he's just in in love with it and i i see that like kind of um obsession forming just like it was uh, with me at that age but i took lessons right up the street at musicians workshop and Frank and Becky, the owners there, and the whole staff, we're still family up there, and yeah, have been really supportive in the past few years of the festival and the band. And I took lessons there. I had like two or three different teachers that I still see around. And um, my oldest brother is the one that decided, you know, that he wanted to do guitar lessons. And you know, whenever you're like ten years old and your brother is like the cool older teenager, yeah. <laughs> you kinda wanna do what he's doing. Exactly. So <laughs> I naturally followed his lead 
And so we both started taking lessons at the same time. And I still vividly remember the first time that we, um, uh, and I don't, I don't share this story a lot. It's just kind of silly. But, um, the first time that we went into music, musicians workshop and we got the loner, um, uh, guitars that they, that they give their students whenever you take lessons. And it was like an Ibanez, something or the other, um, I think it was kind of like a shredder guitar. Right. It was like a heavy metal guitar, yeah. and uh, I know that yeah, it looked like a Jackson or something crazy. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a it was a black guitar, rosewood uh, f- uh, fretboard, and I was like, I have a guitar, you know. We, and we get in the van. My mom's taking us home, you know. It's just like we were leaving soccer practice or something, and we're in the van, and my brother, you know, pulls out his guitar and starts playing it. And we didn't know what the hell tuners did because we hadn't taken a lesson yet. Right, so right. our first reaction was to take the tuners and line them up perfectly <laughs> with each other to be like, this is this is how you tune the guitar. And um, you know, like naturally they have to be flush. And um, Oh, that's great. So he started strumming on. He's like, this, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. And so we went back. The musicians workshop and they tuned our guitars for us <laughs> and they showed us how to tune the guitars and um and then eventually down the line i got a uh, squire uh telecaster butterscotch uh telly that i loved dearly and i um i played and played and played my oldest brother um around the time he got to be 14 15 he kind of uh, messed around with a few bands that I would go and um, hang out with him and his his bandmates in, in the, the garage and watch them play and just you know think that was really cool and yeah I was a really shy kid when I was like 10 11 and 12 I just really really shy um, so I, I hadn't gotten to that point to where I'd you know go out and find people to play with yet or um, but around 13 14 in school I found a group of guys that just loved Southern rock and they loved blues and stuff like that. And they would always bring their guitars to school. And one of them had an SG and like, that was like the like guitar God (laughs) of school, you know, like, Oh man, Trent's got his SG today, you know? And like, um, it was, it was like a, it, it, it made us feel part of something, you know, it made us feel part of something. And, uh, like we had our own thing going on, you know? And, uh, if if you didn't feel popular, at least you had, you know, your friends and your bandmates and your right. and your guitar and, and the bands that you loved. And we'd start every day and I, I remember this we start every day in the lunchroom talking about the new bands that we were into and talking about the al- albums. I specifically remember and this is Weaverville and it's not like it's um <clears throat> uh the most conservative city in the Bible belt, but you know, it was pretty uh, it was pretty conservative, yeah. I'd, I'd say. I mean, compared to the way Asheville is now, I, I specifically remember um, Highway to Hell um, by ACDC. Um, one of our friends wasn't allowed to have that, you yeah. know, because of the devil horns. Right. And then another another friend of mine, he won a guitar off the radio station, and it had Ice House beer or whatever Bush. Oh I, yeah, what, what, whatever it is. Yeah, and so it was like one of those. Pr- yeah, it was a promotional guitar, right. and he got it, and it, it still breaks my heart every time I think about it. His parents made him give it back mm. because it had a beer logo on it. Yeah, and that to me is just like such such a crime. Um, and I, you know, I, I I guess I mentioned that to say that my parents were so supportive of me playing the guitar, and they saw it as something that was constructive and not right. You know, not like a a gateway drug. Right. And we've <laughs> so. talked about that before. And you know, that's 
that's that's that's a great part of your story. That's yeah. that's why you're here right now because yeah. of, because of your parents and and them encouraging you. That's pretty that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, even even the least conservative city in the Bible Belt is still extremely conservative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, we just we live over the mountain about an uh, hour and fifteen minutes mm-hmm. from here, and it's um, different. And I've 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 grown up around it, and in yeah. it, I, I I can totally. Um, understand and sympathize with the you can't have highway to hell and speaking of highway to hell so um for the last 15 years actually i've not played live since november of 2017 now we've just not Mm -hmm. it's just been one of those down times but yeah highway to hell is always a song that we do my brother does I mean, he he's he's he he should go off and be in an ACDC tribute band because he can totally nail Brian Johnson yeah. and Bon Scott. So we've always had ACDC songs in our set, and so Highway to Hell is one. And when um, when it comes time to do it, if our mom is in the crowd, mm. you know, there's this like awkward. <laughs> me and Robbie are like, "Well, mom's here. Are we really going to do this one?" and yeah sometimes sometimes it's even um i might have had a couple of drinks and i was feeling not drunk but you know feeling myself a little Uh and i think one time i was like and i don't even care if you're here mom (laughs) and then i'm like it's just like let's go (laughs) but um no yeah the whole bible belt thing super crazy yeah, I have I I honestly in in a way was inspired by that kind of stuff because it made me want to rebel more. It made me want to be different, you know. And uh, yeah, watching a few of my friends kind of get stifled by the um, by by where we lived and just by our you know our, right by their parents and what have you. Um, and they're I, they're all happy now, and that's yeah. great. But um. Uh, yeah, I remember, you know, playing in a band around 13, 14 and really just falling in love with that experience. And um, it always provided, like I said earlier, provided that sen- that sense of family and that sense of like, hey, we're doing something together. We're creating some community, you know. And, um, yeah, fr- it's I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, because for those of you who don't know Andrew and, and Eliza and Keith and and haven't seen them live and, 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 and don't know what what that live show was all about, Andrew, you always make it clear to everyone that's there is, you know, while you're here, we're family. Mm-hmm. This is my musical family. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's one of the things that makes um, that, that makes your, your guys' shows, your gigs, whatever you want to call it, I think that's what makes them, like, more special than – um, obviously if you go see a big act, they're there, then they're gone. Right. Uh, you know, um, and, and you guys aren't really local. I mean, you're Asheville, but now you're, I mean, you're regional. You're, you're more than regional now with this going out West mm-hmm. and you're going to do it again. And, but you don't, you don't get that from a lot of local regional acts the way you should, because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's it, it's it's a mindset, and I really I'm always like every time you you know you talk about your musical family yeah. and like uh, and and you point out new people and you always talk to them and 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 just it's 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 good to come out to uh, whether it's a bar or a brewery or a festival or whatever it is yeah. and have the person that you know you're watching you know sing play entertain that you know that that person is glad you're there. So I think right. that's really, um, that's one of you guys' strengths as far as um, 
making making a show a memory. Yeah. You know, every one of these shows, and I think uh, Sherry has been trying to, while we've been sitting Are here. Are we at she's, 13, 14? <laughs> she's been typing out all the venues that we've seen Andrew, and um, and it's funny. It's not, you know, it's not just Asheville. We have seen you in so many different cities now, and, yeah. and you know, with festival and yeah, 13. so she's a thirteen. That's pretty okay. good. Like I said, I've I've not I've not seen anybody live thirteen times. I, I haven't seen anybody live thirteen <laughs> times. <laughs> I, I I am. I mean, like I've, I've, I've seen a, I've seen a few really good bands a, yeah. a few times, but not not thirteen. So we God, um, I guess we're like your deadheads at this point. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rat heads, rat family, rat pack. There's something, yeah, something in there. I. Well, to to piggyback off what you're saying about the family aspect and the like, you know how we want to, how we're really inclusive at the shows and beyond is, I, if if I could, it it really stems from like two different things. Um, uh, the first mainly being the fact that you know whenever Tom passed when I was 15 or 16, I had this huge family around me this you know uh, italian like oh we got each other's back anybody fucks with us we're gonna right exactly knock them out yeah you know so there was like this really tight-knit family you know uh this this blood connection that i had ever since i was a baby and after dad passed there was a horrible legal battle between um my mother and um his parents, uh, Connie and Andy, and um, who I'm named after, Andy, and he's he's gone now. He's been gone for about a year, but um, the it, it it was a big big mess, and they did some really horrible things. They they got rid of records saying that he was an owner of uh, Mountain Valley Springwater. Or, or, I'm sorry, they got rid of records saying that he worked there, and they didn't want you know they didn't want my mother to have a penny of what he worked for and he worked his ass off he put blood sweat and tears into that company he was the backbone of that company and the face of that company literally his his face was on the side of trucks right you know (laughs) going out of that warehouse yeah um so in order for that or the way that happened and the way they went about it and how they just completely shrugged off things like that it one by one, each member of the family started going away. And my dad has a bunch of sisters. And um, luckily, I'm still in touch with one of them, um, Mary Beth in Alaska, who's a sweetheart and very, very kind and loving to me. And I'm lucky to still have that. But one by one, minus her, all all his sisters disappeared. My grandmother, you know, Andy. And it just became this like cold shoulder and they, 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 they were out of our lives yeah, that's, just like that. And I tough. grew up with them always being around and yeah. they were just gone. They were gone. And yeah. it was, I remember after I, after dad passed, you know, I was almost 16 and my Andy, my grandfather got me a, he got me a truck. He gave me a truck for when I turned 16. Yeah. And, um, after all that bullshit that went down with mountain Valley and, you know, my mom simply trying to look out for the future and trying to look out for her sons, they came over and they took our vehicles out of the driveway. There's eight keys and they were in the company name. They took them 
And I don't know, man. I don't like it, that's that that goes to show you that there's you know evil people in the world that you, yeah. know, you can do that to a 16 year old that just went through shit like that. Well, it, it, it makes give sense them something to, and then take it away. Right. It makes sense to me now. Then a, a little bit more uh, why you are the way you are with your that's, mu- that's your why musical I said that, family. You know? Yeah. I'm estranged yeah. from a sister, so I understand. Yeah. I've I've got a sister that just we have nothing to do with each other anymore, and it's really sad. It is sad, and it's awful. Yeah. But it uh, you know, and and I know this is probably where you were going. I I never I wanted I don't want to, to be that way. Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder, but no, no, no. but it, it, it gets to a point where, um, okay, yeah, family's family, but your friends that you get to pick and choose to be in your life yeah. are, you know, are in in many many instances just as important. Yeah. I mean, we don't get to pick our families. Right. We get to pick our friends, exactly. and that's that's a pretty awesome uh, friends that become thing. family. And exactly. Sometimes become stronger than your blood. Exactly. You know, your, your your blood relations, and I I've I've always noticed that. So since all that went down with the family, then I got into uh, my first my first trio. You know, in high school, um, I had a you know I, I had a family almost immediately because of their families and their friends, yep. and you know the places we were playing and. The people that supported the band, and um, I, I, I noticed that at a really early age. So whenever things started to get busy for the River Rats around 19 or 20, um, and I, I realized a way to you know s- s- uh, keep us going and keep things sustainable, um, and, and and part of it is just who I am. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't actively you know think oh I've got to treat this person really good or look them in the eye. I genuinely love people. You know, I yeah. believe that people have you know good intentions in their heart and um i like to see that as much as possible so i like to look people in the eye and hug them and love on them and um yeah i just realize how lucky we are i guess is what i'm getting at and um i realize that things can be taken away very quickly and they you know they have in my life i don't want to lose yep um, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't want to lose a family again. So therefore, w- whether I see somebody, you know, at a show that's been there 13, 14 times <laughs> or whether <laughs> I see somebody there that I vaguely recognize, you know, that maybe I've seen on the street or maybe I've seen at another band show or something like that. It's, it's all equal, you know, it's all one together. And, um, I, I've seen it with you guys a lot and folks like you guys that, you know, continue to come out of the shows, um, there'll be like a, like a group of people that have been at the shows together and then slowly but surely they become friends. Yeah, it's like the whole reason we know each other is because right. of your shows. And yeah, yes, it's, exactly. It's, it, we, have, we have made so many friends through just following along with you guys. That's priceless. It really, that's that's what it's, yeah. I mean, for, for somebody like me, just uh, raising a family and, and going to work every day and all that, getting out to shows mm-hmm. and, and making those connections, um, it's, it's, it's really pretty sustaining. I mean, yeah. um, it's one of those things in my life that I could not do without yeah. it, it would, my life would not be as, as enjoyable. So well, whenever we see people, um, like go and hu- like hug each other and be like, Hey man, I haven't seen you since the last show. Like, you know, saw you at Barnard or whatever. Like that's, that's amazing. And yeah. we want to keep that going and we want it to be to where like we're you know like we're we're playing these larger places and yeah it it may be you know a thousand plus people but at the same time almost everybody knows everybody right you know no matter what city it is and i think that you know if if it keeps going like that then that's going to be something that's unique to this band well of everything we've talked about today that's that's my favorite thing about you guys is 
first and foremost, you, you've become our friends and yeah. you've introduced us to other friends and, and it just goes on down the line. And before we wrap up, yeah. um, I want to do a little thing that I'm probably going to do with a lot of people that I interview. I'm going to put you on the spot mm-hmm. and just ask some questions. Yeah. And some of them will be very selfish because okay. because <laughs> because I just this is my chance to be be that. So if you keep up with me on Facebook, um, some of these questions are going to be Beatles related. Because um, yeah, the Beatles. Sweet because <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of them are, and I didn't even write these down. These are just going to come off the top of my head. And some of them are going to be go, about just some things that I want to, <laughs> some, some, just, just to get a, a sense of, of, of you that like things we've not talked about. Yeah. But, but first of all, who's your favorite Beatle? Oh man. Uh, John Lennon. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm a Paul McCartney guy. That, okay. that makes sense. Right. We're, we're yin and yang. I can yeah. deal with that. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, this is really hard, but favorite Beatles song. Oh God. Um, I mean, the first song that popped in my head as soon as you said that was Taxman. Okay, cool. And I, George I, Harrison. Yeah, I say that because I remember. I mean, I, I think it's the lead track. Off it's really weird that you say that. I woke up in the. I woke up this morning with Taxman in my head. Oh my god! I swear to God. Oh man. <laughs> cycles. Yeah, yeah it's cycles, so weird. man. That's really weird. <laughs> um, so we, we we were talking about your guitar playing and all that earlier, and and you currently uh, you currently your your main guitar is is a um, Telecaster seventy two reissue seventy two custom yep, shop yeah yep uh, sweet my I, I have a black Telecaster as well but it's it's a different set yeah, is it like the Nashville kind of like you got like um, triple or single coil mine's, mine's got um, it's it's a humbucker that you can split yeah you gotta bring that up next time and you can basically and it, then it's got two single coils so when you split that bucker it's set it, it's set up like a strat mm-hmm. with a lipstick at the top gotcha yeah so it's I got it because we play cover songs mm-hmm. and it's just really versatile versatile yeah. so that's your current guitar, but dream guitar. Mm, um, I've had my eyes um, set on a SG with um, mini humbuckers. Um, I'm a huge Thin Lizzy fan. Um, okay. As far as guitar players, I've, I I don't know their names, but um, they're some of my favorite guitar players. Pete Townsend is one of my favorite guitar players. I think he's one of the most underrated guitar players. Um Damn. Yeah, I would say an SG like mahogany body, like tobacco kind of sunburst, uh, with a white uh, white pickguard, um, and the mini humbuckers. Um, cool, I've learned something. I I didn't expect Gibson. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 seen a few guitars I really love, but and it's strange though because I'm so satisfied with the Telecaster. I get really everything I want out of it. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's been a few times I kind of have to readjust it and you know, do some work on the neck and everything. But if you could yeah. see anybody in concert right now, who would it be? Oh God. Okay, I'll, I'll, gonna... I'll, I'll, I'll sweeten the pot on this okay. one. Um, living or dead? Oh man! All right, can I, can I do but one living only and got... one dead? Yeah, do that. Okay. Um, so living, I would say I would love to see Anderson Pock. Um, to- okay. totally out of left field from what we're talking about. That is, that's, but that's cool. That's that's kind of stuff I want. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of stuff I want to hear. So it's, he, I don't even really know if you can put him into one category: hip hop, psychedelic, rock, funk. Um, but he's blowing up right now, and for good reason. His talent is just through the roof um, as a drummer, as a lyricist, um, frontman, whatever. So I would love to see him. 
Um, as far as somebody that has passed, it um, can even be a band whose all the members aren't alive anymore. Okay, okay. I mean, naturally, I kind of want to say, um, uh, I kind of want to say, I'd, I'd like to see the Who back on like the uh, the Who's Next tour. But I think even more so, I would have liked to see uh, Nirvana, like right as Nevermind came out. Basically, when they were on that line of like they're about to be famous. Yes, that's and they good, were still touring in a van. That is a really showing up to sold out clubs, and they didn't know it because they didn't abs- know how famous they were. Well, that's when you want to. I got to see the Black Crows uh, about four months before they blew up in right. in a bar, and yeah. so. Yeah, that was. I understand what you're saying. It's it is amazing to see somebody right on that line because yeah. you don't know yet. I think any band like that would be really cool. Um, and I'm give you one more just because I'm indecisive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, man. I would okay, love cool. to see Iggy Pop or like the MC5 back in the day. Let's say raw, guttural, punk, garage rock kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, all right, I'm going to let you off the hook, and that, that'll that'll be it. Um, so, I'm going to post links. I'm going to post. Um, I'm going to post your 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 schedule coming up. I know you guys are going to like West Virginia, and you got shows here. Doing the Outer um, Banks. You, yeah, the Outer Banks yeah. festival seasons coming mm-hmm. up. Um, just. Uh, I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to get this edited and out um, by Sunday. Awesome. And so cool. I'll make sure that I include you know the links of, of where you guys are yeah. and what you're doing because uh, I mean a lot of people that are listening do happen to be local for now. Yeah. And uh, we'll get but, it out to our folks, man. I know they're gonna but we do them. have we do have a lot of people that are listening, you know, outside of the area and even like up in the Northeast and, and places like that. And so I really I'm, I'm really hoping that you know doing this with somebody like you can introduce you to people that it's, it's just maybe not possible yet. So anyway, I will definitely get those links out. Um, man, thanks for sitting down and doing this with me. It has been an absolute, I love you guys so much. It has been an absolute blast. It's actually a lot more fun than I even thought that it would be. Let's do this uh, once a month or something. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, Let's, let's catch up. Yeah. Maybe. And and you can, you know, you can introduce me to some, some more people around here that we can sit down with people here in Asheville that you need to interview. (laughs) Oh yeah. We can just sit down and you can help me interview them. I mean, seriously, that'd be a blast. Make make the connections and stuff like that. That'd be fun. All right. Well, this has been audio biography, the podcast, and you can, find us on twitter uh, at audiobiopc you can find us on facebook by doing a search for audiobiography podcast uh, you can find our website at audiobiopc.com where you will find articles uh, the, the the podcast themselves and any silly little thing i feel like uh, posting so signing off from nashville andrew tell the people bye I love you. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks, Andrew. Bye, y'all.